networking is going to be a small portion of your business, not the entirety of it. You still got to be doing the marketing. You still got to be doing the outreach. You still got to be building a personal brand, which is the best sales move on the planet right now. You've still got to be putting yourself out there on a regular basis, getting in conversations with people that you've never talked to before and tell about your business. This is Lead with Culture. I'm Kate Volman, and on this episode, we are talking all about the power of expanding your network to attract new opportunities and grow your business. And there's no one better to talk about this than my friend, Donnie Bogine. He is the CEO of Success Champions Network and is the founder of the Badass Business Summit, which who wouldn't love that name? He is totally motivated by the desire to transform the landscape of networking. He does not do boring. And he draws from his 25 years of sales experience and six years of running his own company. And one of the lessons that I love he shares so much is that he always says that your business will have a profound impact on you often more than you will on it. Donnie, I'm so excited about chatting with you today. Man, I just want you to do my intro everywhere I go. You just follow me around and that energy. Well done. That was <laughs> well done. So I actually like feel like I'm really somebody after that one. Jeez. You are somebody. <laughs> you are someone. And I'm excited because you do have so much experience. And I love that you have this heart to serve people. And especially on the networking side of things, because you really have a passion for changing the game in networking. So what does that even mean to you? Like, why was this so important? When I first got into the the corporate world was doing sales and the like, I sucked at selling and it was really, really bad. So like you do when you suck at something, you go to Google and you go, okay, what are better ways to sell? And I stumbled onto this idea of networking and I was selling projects that were 50 to a quarter of a million dollars. And the networking that I found wasn't able to get me to that level, right? Because it was a lot of people selling lotions and potions and real estate and like nothing against those people. There's a place for them, but just wasn't going to be beneficial for my business. So I knew I had to find a new way to network. So I spent the last 25 years really getting dialed into how do you network when you're on the B2B side of things and how do you get to that level? And what I found is like most things, the things you figure out, it's the exact stuff that everybody else needs to learn. And I've just spent a ton of time teaching people to network at this freaking level. So for me, just to give you a better summary of it all, networking has nothing to do with referrals, right? Referrals should come from your clients. A referral is Bob meet Sally, Sally, I've told Bob all about your services. He's excited to talk to you. Like there's a sales conversation attached to this, right? Networking is all about introduction, the introduction to the right people, the right places and the right opportunities. So if you look at when you network, if you service the hell out of your clients, they're going to open doors for you. It's like going to find that new restaurant in town. It's just amazing. First thing you want to do is tell everybody else about that restaurant. So it's the same thing when it comes to your clients. When you give them amazing service, you over-deliver for them, they're going to tell other people about your service. So if you look at your network, that you're using them to get introduced to the right people, the right situations, the right places, it changes the dynamic of everything. And so based on that foundation is how we've built everything we've built so far. So let's talk specifically about LinkedIn, like a platform like LinkedIn, right? Because I, what I find, I, I really, and I think people, we crave 
to meet interesting people that could we could potentially do business with. That's what we all want to do. Like we're like, hey, how can we meet more people and potentially collaborate? But on LinkedIn or any platform, but we'll just pick LinkedIn specifically for now. It's you get these messages in your inbox that are so salesy, mm. like so transactional. And it's like, does this work? Do people no. think this actually works? Like, why are they doing it? Like, well, what, how can someone self-assess when it comes to networking? So there's two answers. Do they work? Yes and no. The people that are traditionally doing the salesy outreaches are doing it on such volume that you ignoring it doesn't matter. Because they know if they send a thousand of these, they're going to get X amount of responses, get into X amount of meetings. That's why they continue to do them, right? So yes, they do work. Yes, do they also hurt your damn brand because you come across as such a greaseball, but most of the people that are doing it at volume don't care. They need the, the 2% that are going to respond and say yes and buy their services so they don't worry about the other 98% of it. So for the regular people in this world that want to go build real relationships and interact with people, there's a lot of things you need to be doing. But probably if we're just looking at LinkedIn, then if you want to connect with people, I will tell you the best way to do it is you need to figure out what industry sends you the most referrals. Okay. So think about specifically what businesses also sell to your ideal client. So I'll give a prime example. A young lady I talked to two weeks ago, she does college education for families to help them get a lot cheaper to get into college, right? So how to negotiate and how to get more scholarships and stuff, right? So she goes into families, helps them save money on that. She struggles to find people or families that need to use her services. So I asked her, I said, if you were to look at where most of your clients come from, what industry sends you the most clients? And without skipping a beat, she said bookkeeping. I said, all right, cool. Mm. This is how you should be reaching out on LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn, type in bookkeeping up top in the search, click on people. And then if you have a free account, you should be connecting with 20 bookkeepers every day because you can do 100 connections in a week's time. And I said, what happens if you actually get a meeting with 100 bookkeepers before the end of the year? She goes, oh my God, that completely transformed my business. And what I tell you is you don't put a message with that connection request. You just connect, no message, no anything. The next day you come back and you see how many of those bookkeepers connected with you. The ones that connected with you, you send a very simple message that says, hey, Kate, thanks for connecting. How did you get into bookkeeping? And nothing else. Don't promote your business. Don't say anything about your business or the likes. And what you're looking for is the people that will reply with a long response. Don't worry about the people who don't reply. Don't worry about the people who don't connect. And the people that give you a short response say, thanks, that's so awesome, great talking to you. You're not sloughing them off, but you're looking for the people that actually give you a long drawn out story because that long drawn out story means a couple of things. One, they have time to write a long drawn out story, which means they're either new in the game or they're under pressure to find clients. So they're more apt to meet with people. Those are the assumptions I make. Mm -hmm. Whoever gives you that long story, my next reply is simply, man, I love this story. Would you be open to tell me over a cup of coffee or a Zoom? And you'll be amazed at how many conversations you get into it and all you're doing is breaking the ice. It's not about connecting to that end user. It's about connecting with all the people that are selling to the same clientele you're going after and forming relationships in that regards. And there's some other things that go along with it, but I'll let you come at me again. with. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great because it can feel a little bit overwhelming 
of who to reach out to, right? Mm -hmm. Because even with these salesy emails that we get, it's very much, we help people do X, Y, Z. We have no idea if I even need that. So I like this idea of being very industry specific and then reaching out to those people. It is funny because I do appreciate if someone sends me a message while they're connecting, because to me, that's showing they actually do want to connect with me. But to your point, it makes sense too. If somebody does say, yes, I want to connect with you. And then you send them the message. So you know what I normally send? My message is normally, what is one thing that you're most looking forward to achieving this year? And that gives me that story back. But yours is a lot more specific around their industry. Well, and I just thought about answering that question. Like if you sent me that message, I'd struggle in responding. And the only reason I struggle in responding because it would take me so much time to write that out. So, I mean, think about it. You get a connection request. What's the first thing you do? I look to see, like, what do they, like, what do they do? Go to their profile. Now you're standing, you're trying to put them in some sort of box, right? Everybody does that. So I don't want to have to do the heavy lifting for you first. So when people connect with me, right? Now there's people that when every time I say this, it drives them nuts. They're like, no, 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 you got to send a message because people got to understand why you're connecting. I'm like, do they? Because you're going to immediately go look at my profile and my profile very much explains everything that we do and the things we're doing and how we do them, right? So if I send out a connection request, unless that there is a very like, you know, specific reason I'm get, trying to get to an individual, like if we're flying into an area and I need a videographer, I'll tell them very specifically, hey, I need a videographer in this area. Is that something you would be open to discussing with me? Otherwise, it's just going to be a, a straight no no message connection just to see who connects back. All right. I like this. I like this like very, this is very strategic. So with the people that you're working with specifically around connecting with them online, what are some of the other mistakes that people might mm. be making that don't feel like mistakes? Because again, we're coming from the perspective of, I just want to meet people. I just yep. want to grow my business and potentially help them with theirs. So a couple of things that people should be doing that they're not is they spend 15 minutes on LinkedIn a week and then they're out, right? They think, okay, I did LinkedIn, I'm done. All right, I sent some connection requests, I'm done. LinkedIn is the world's largest cocktail party, okay? And you've got to treat it very much like a cocktail party. Let's say you identified, we'll just stay with bookkeepers for the moment, that bookkeepers are like your ideal person to get to. They should be every day going up to the search bar, type in bookkeeping, and see what posts pop up and just spend some time commenting and engaging on other people's content. What people don't understand is all social platforms want you on the platform. If you spend time on the platform, the platform loves you a whole lot more. So if you go and now you do a creative regiment, like I know people that run seven figure business that don't post a piece of content on LinkedIn at all. All they do is comment on other people's posts. They have a complete, very, very, very diligent commenting strategy. Some of the things that they do, this is some of the fun things I'll do, is I'll go up to the search bar, I geek out on Harry Potter, and I will literally type in Harry Potter in the search bar, click on post, click on last 24 hours to see who's talking about Harry Potter. And if I can, I will go in and geek out with them on Harry Potter. Who's talking about Harry Potter on LinkedIn? Awesome. Everything that you can think of, whatever you geek out on, whatever you want, somebody is teaching it. And a lot of times the post that I comment on, it's somebody using something from Harry Potter as a teaching moment about something in business, right? Which gives me a chance to go in and comment and geek out with them. 
But when you do that comment, you can't just go, wow, this is a great post and move on. You need to either provide additional ideas around what they're saying. You need to either ask questions about what they're saying, or you need to contradict, which is one of my favorite strategies, what the person says in a gentle, not picking a fight manner. And the reason I like the contradiction side of things is now we start a huge dialogue, which gets more people leaning in. And let's be honest, contradiction brings more eyeballs to everything. So it's not about picking a fight. It's about knowing that how they said something either should have been said a different way, in a better way, or they're just completely wrong about what they said. And I'm okay going in gently, suggesting there was another way to look at it. But you've got to yeah. turn this into a full strategy. So like for me, I got about 15 profiles. And here's a hack for your listeners. If you click on like Kate's profile right now, if you scroll down a little way, you'll see a section that says post articles and alike. It'll say, see all post. If you click on that, see all post, it's going to take you to her latest post she's done. If you look up in the URL, you can grab that URL, put it in a Google doc. And now every day, if you want to go comment on Kate's stuff, you can just go click that link in that Google doc. It'll take you straight to her latest post. So you don't have to do all the searching and everything. Ooh, I like that. That's a great idea. As you're saying that, I'm totally thinking about we have a list of our dream clients, mm -hmm. right? Like those people that were like, we, we're going to get them someday. They're kind of a, maybe a little bit harder out of reach, but they're on our dream list. And so to have those people on our dream list on you, that sheet that you can comment on. It, so this is my hack. So this is what I do. So I literally had this Google Doc, and this is all the presidents of my chapters, members of the groups, top voices on LinkedIn that I want to engage with, the people that I know post at the same time I post. So these are the people I'm going to immediately go engage with, people in different markets, right? But this is just my cheat sheet to literally be able to quickly move through a whole lot of profiles. Because there's certain people, I mean, there's, there was a, a study shown that if you can be the first comment on somebody's LinkedIn post, of course, most people see it. So I even know particularly there's a couple of influencers that I know exactly when they post, I'm trying to be the first commenter on their post so I can get more eyeballs on it. And I'm trying to contribute to their post and bring more value to their post overall. So there's a lot of strategies to it. But for me, LinkedIn is a full offensive strategy that you got to get after. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. And it, it, I do recognize that when I comment on other people's that have commented on a post, I'll start to get those connections. Like those people will start yep. to reach out to me. If I say something that is either an agreement or like my own take on it, I like the controversy. I like yep. that it's like, okay, to be controversial a little bit because uh, everyone has a little different perspective. And then you, I start to build those relationships too. So I'm like, oh, you kind of like leverage somebody else's network. And they already, if you're interested in that post and they are, then they might, obviously you might be like-minded. All right. So Donnie, how often are you like, okay, someone who's not doing this on a regular basis and now they're thinking, oh my gosh, this is like a whole new job. <laughs> what does this look like? What should I, how can I create a strategy so it is manageable for me to like add to my already super busy schedule? Cool. How often should an individual be prospecting for their company? Every day. Cool. How much time should they spend prospecting for their business every day? 
I mean, that depends on the person and their team. Who else cool. on the team is doing it? Cool. Well, let's, I'll pick on you a second. As a CEO of a company, how much time of all the things you do should be spent in some form of prospecting? Okay. I spend, I'd have to like really tally it up, but yes, I spend a certain amount of time at least every day. Cool. A portion of that time needs to be spent on LinkedIn. For me, it's a one hour strategy every morning. But what I found is I need time to really get the algorithm looking at me. I don't know how to game the algorithm. I only have theories, but I, I know that they need to keep people on the platform. So what I'll do every morning is I'll go for my morning walk that I do on my farm every morning, go for 45 minutes, take my German shepherds, throw them out in the pasture, let them go play. And then I don't listen to anything, right? This is my quiet time just to get the day started, right? I'm not your miracle morning guy or anything like that. This, do whatever you want to do in the morning. It's just what I do, right? And then I will come in and I'm going to write my content. And I write it every morning because most times LinkedIn for me is my working journal. So most of the posts I'm putting out it's just me working through my own thoughts and how mm -hmm. I see things and the things I've learned, okay? So I'll sit down and I'll write my post. Then about 5.30, because I get up at 3.50 every morning. Like I said, don't worry about doing my routine. Do your own, right? But then by 5.30, I'm sitting here at my desk and I'm going to start my commenting. And I'm going to comment up till 6 o'clock. At 6 o'clock, I'm going to drop my post and then I'm going to spend another 30 minutes commenting and engaging another post. And then I'm out, right? I'm going to come back periodically through the day and respond to comments and the likes, but I'm going to do this because I know the power of LinkedIn. So to put numbers behind that, since January, I've added 10,000 freaking followers and we've added a zero to the bottom line that I can attribute straight from LinkedIn. Wow. Okay. That's the power of doing an ongoing strategy. What happens to most people is they start getting into LinkedIn and they're like, well, I put a post out, nothing happened. I connected with somebody, nothing happened. They don't understand the discipline of a sales regiment. And everybody who's been in sales knows that it can be a grind doing a business development stuff. LinkedIn just became one of my grinds. That's so cool to Thank like you. have that kind of consistency. And I love that you called it a working journal. I wrote that down because that is really, that is interesting because I take my morning walks too. And you have so many ideas. It's like the best time yes. when, when you're walking and you're in nature and it's the morning. And I always think about, oh, this would be a good poster. This would be a good video. So what is your thought process around video versus text versus like, what is that? What are your feelings on that? So it all works. I think if you don't, put out video consistently, it doesn't work very, very well. I don't put out a whole lot of videos. So for me, you're going to see a lot of long form, a lot of carousels, which a carousel post is just you're uploading a PDF document to LinkedIn and it creates a scrolling slide on there. Those are my two favorite style of posts on there. But video, and I don't have any stats to really back this up, but for me, video hasn't worked very, very, very well for whatever reason. And maybe it's because I don't put out enough video content. Maybe the video content sucks. I mean, that's always plausible. But for me, it's a regiment of, I'm going to do something about the farm each week. I'm going to do a long form. And everything I do from the farm, you're going to see one of my critters. Like I put one of my coon coon pigs on there this morning. So you're going to see that. But it's always going to come back to a business story. 
So I'll lead with a cool picture, but it's going to come back to a cool lesson I've learned from the farm type thing. I'm going to put out a ton of educational stuff, like tips and tricks, how to do things and just things I've learned over the years, because we all have original thought, like things that we've learned that we think is common knowledge to everybody else. And oftentimes it's that stuff that we need to be teaching everybody else. It's all that little stuff that you just figured out. So I teach a lot of that. A lot of it comes on networking is biggest thing, B2B networking in particular that I teach. And then you're always going to get one personal story every week, which is always the best post for engagement. If you really want the vanity metrics, which I love vanity metrics, just because it gives you the kind of little boost to keep going, keep posting and the likes. But that one personal story of you overcoming a hardship or something always pops and you always get a lot of eyeballs on it. So I usually try and post one of those a week for the vanity side of thing, but also to bring more kids to the playground, as I call it, to comment and engage on your stuff. So you're doing this, you're posting something every day. Monday, Monday through, Friday. through Friday. Okay. Right. Sometimes I'll post things on the weekends. Richard Vonderblue is one of the smartest guys. Von Der Bloom is one of the smartest guys on LinkedIn. This dude puts out these amazing stats and things. They do nothing but study LinkedIn. But he says posting on on the weekend is valuable only because you're going to get a different set of eyeballs on your stuff because some mm -hmm. people only play on the weekends on LinkedIn. So I don't because that's usually the time we're working on the farm, hanging out with the wife and the likes. But so for me, it's a Monday through Friday regiment. Do you do much with LinkedIn, uh, their newsletter feature? We've played with it some, but when it first came out the day, out the gate, it it was amazing, right? We picked up like 1,700 followers on day one. And I think it's because it was a new bell and whistle for a link. We haven't seen a whole lot come from it in a while. I do like the fact that they email it out to people to let them know it's there, but it, it hasn't done a whole lot as far as really bringing prospects or conversation starters and the likes to our feed. So we've actually focused more time on how do we put more information on our company page that gets more people leaning in. And we are adding 20 to 50 new followers on our company page every week just by putting out and highlighting different people and different content and the like. So that seems to be working a lot more. And by the way, here's a fun hack. If you have a company page, go see who followed it, connect with them, and then send this message. Hey, I just wanted to say thanks for following Success Champion Networking's you know, LinkedIn page. And that's all I say. And they'll come back and they'll say, oh, it's been awesome. Love following it or great content. Or they'll tell me often how they heard about the page or somebody mentioned it or the likes. My next question is always going to be cool. I really appreciate that. How did you get into? And I'll type in their industry. And we've added a ton of clients that way because they're already speaking at us, right? They're already checking us out. So I'm like, hey, where do you network? You know, and they're like, well, I do this, 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 and this. And I said, well, we run virtual B2B networking groups. Would it make sense to go visit one? And often they're like, heck yeah, let's do that. Just click on your followers and they're already low hanging type of fruit because they're already following you in India. You're saying this and I'm like, that is such a great hack, but it, it but now I'm like, yeah, duh, like right. that makes so much sense. <laughs> it's stupid things like that when you hear it, because the first time I heard it, I'm like, same thing. I'm like, well, no kidding, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, because I, we really don't focus a lot of time on the company page. We have it and we post our 
podcast on there and we do post on there every now and then, but we don't really engage that much. But we're starting to get a little bit more active on there. I, I feel like the pages are getting a lot more action right now. We have a fun ability because we have a ton of clients, right? So when we highlight somebody, a lot of people know that person. So that helps them come engage and comment on it and add little comments and tidbits there. So celebrating your clients is a really cool way to get a lot more exposure on your company pages. Yeah, we feature our clients on some of our podcast episodes and they love it, obviously, because mm -hmm. we're highlighting them. And so then they're like, "Ooh, like it, share it, right? comment, all the things. So that's so great. Okay. People are going to start doing this on LinkedIn. I love this strategy. You make it's like very attainable. It's very easy and simple to, to start incorporating. Do you do any other platforms at the same time? Because that's another big conversation. People feel like I have to be everywhere, all the places. Nope. The answer is no, I don't. Now, I do drop a TikTok video every once in a while just out of fun. But I watched a young lady by the name of Leah Turner out of the UK. Now, once upon a time, I was trying to kill all the platforms, right? I was like, I'm Gary Vee and the hell out of this thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. And it's exhausting. It yeah. is flat out exhausting unless you have an entire team producing a ton of content. But all the platforms are so damn different that you've got to create content specifically for that platform. So what I watched Leah do is I watched her go from about 800 followers to over 160,000 followers in about a year. And I noticed because I went and focused as she was growing on this journey, we used to do a, a clubhouse room together. As she was growing on this journey, I noticed she wasn't playing on any other platforms. And here I was freaking grinding it out on all these damn platforms, thinking that if I Gary Vee this dang thing, that it would grow my business. She grew that to over 160,000 followers. Then she went to Twitter and said, hey, LinkedIn, I've decided to start Twitter. What do you think happened? Freaking like 30,000 people instantly followed her. She uh... then went to Instagram later on after she built up Twitter for a while and said, hey, LinkedIn, Twitter, guess what? I'm now on Instagram. Boom. Tons of people followed her over there. So I'm following that same kind of game plan and strategy. I'm all in on LinkedIn. The company's all in on LinkedIn. We're going to focus on one platform, a massive following from there, and then use that following to grow the other platforms when we're ready to go play in those. That makes so much sense. I've seen people do that from TikTok to YouTube. Mm -hmm. And that's been like a big play for some. Donnie, I feel like you just gave us like a whole playbook on how to leverage LinkedIn. I wasn't even planning to kind of go in this direction, but you're so good at it. So I'm curious, tell us about the summit. You work a lot of business, obviously business owners are coming mm -hmm. there. What was the energy like? What were the conversations? What are the, what are business owners talking about today? Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for the testimonial and review videos to come out on that because the things people said is amazing. So for me, I look at the summit, uh, the Badass Business Summit as our Super Bowl. And it's probably a copyright infringement. I'm probably get sued for that. But for me, all of our business is done virtually, right? So all of our groups meet virtually. Everything's done via Zoom. But there's just something to be said about a handshake and a hug. So what we found is every year we get a chance to not only bring all of our people together, but people that just heard the name Badass Business Summit are like, oh, yeah, I got to be a part of that. Or, you know, people that have been invited by other people. And we bring them into a room and show them the kind of true, raw authenticity side of business. Because when I get on stage, people always expect me to be the hard charge and punch you in your face, dude. And I have that. 
but I will get teared up in a heartbeat talking about how hard it is to build a business. And jokingly this year, they even put a freaking board up on the wall and put a mark down every time I got teary-eyed talking about what people need to do and the passion behind building a business because I'm just so dedicated to help as many people get to freedom through building a business as possible because let's be honest, building a business is freaking hard. And there's no greater tool on the planet to meet the dude in the mirror. And I use that universally to meet the dude in the mirror than building a business because you're going to find out what the hell you're made of really, really, really quick. And most people make themselves an island as they're building their business because they don't want people to know how bad it is. My wife's Jeep got repossessed in my first year of business. We almost lost our farm to foreclosure. And I went from that moment to build everything we've built now. And I tell people that story as often as I possibly can, because I want them to understand that I know where they've been. I know where they've gotten through. And there's a, a very powerful meme that I love that has a, a Marine veteran sitting down in a hole. And I'm a Marine veteran, so I get to tell this one. And he's dealing with PTSD really bad. And his family's like, hey, just get over it, right? Get on it. Don't think about it anymore. And the guy goes in the rain down the hole goes, I'm, I'm trying. I can't get over it. I'm trying. The doctor comes by and says, hey, take this pill and this will fix everything. So the Marine takes the pill and he's like, but I'm still in this damn hole. Then the therapist comes by and goes, you just need to think happy thoughts and you'll get out of this hole. And the Marine goes, I'm thinking happy thoughts, but I'm still in this hole. Another Marine walks by, jumps down in a hole and the first Marine in the hole goes, what the hell are you doing? He goes, don't worry. I've been here before. I know the way out. And that's the way I look at business overall is I want to continue to share my story loud. So people are like, all right, cool. This guy's willing to open up and be that vulnerable on stage. And people think they know what authenticity is. Come sit in our world for a while and watch people, full business professionals, completely open up in a space, in a safe environment. We purposely, we're not trying to make people cry and stuff. We're just trying to create an environment where people can de-stress from all the way business is done. And then the whole time we're going to be teaching. So we had Jared Morgan there. He did a $500 million exit about four years ago, poured into him. Jerry Mack was there. Jerry's run a couple Fortune 500 companies. He's exited a couple of those and he's been on the Inc. 500 list, all kinds of stuff, right? And they're teaching. And the coolest thing is all of my speakers, they sit in the crowd. They stay the entire time, right? They don't fly in and get out. You're networking with these, this caliber of people that have done cool things. And my favorite thing was putting Jared on stage because we put Jared as our Friday night keynote and Jared the whole time participating at the tables and talking oh, to people. Awesome. When he got on stage, nobody had a clue who he was. They had no idea that they'd been spending the entire time talking to a guy who did a $500 million exit. So when he said he sold his company for over 500 million, there was a gasp across the whole audience. Wow. It, because they didn't think that a dude in a blue, because, you know, I'm a blue jean t-shirt cap wearing guy. So he's the entire time in the button down blue jeans, boots and a ball cap. They just could not see that a guy that had done something that big and that massive would be willing to pour into them. Same thing. Jerry Mack. Jerry Mack made it a point and he almost did it where he met with each person one-on-one -on -one some point during the summit and had a conversation with it. Right. So that's the environment that we just create because it, it's hard building a business and you need to be able to get advice from people that have actually done the things that you're trying to do. And yeah. so it's one of the most powerful things we're doing. And then we'll do the Badass Business Summit uh, every year in Fort Worth or in the DFW Marketplace. 
I love that you're doing that. And I love how you talk about it because we need to continue to highlight these kinds of conversations because especially on, on social media where everything mm. is, <laughs> you just have to put up a landing page super yeah. quick. And like, and it, there's so much glamorization of entrepreneurship and it's so easy and you just have to do this. And I always tell my team, whenever we're working on a new project, I'm like, everything is an iceberg. Everything is nice. There's so <laughs> much that goes underneath all the work that people do. And so when you get to meet with people, like I just actually, I went to an event uh, last week called Creative Mornings and the speaker was the, uh, co the co-founder of Yasso. Incredible story, but he shared everything that happened, like all the times that like he almost didn't make it and yep. they almost went out of business and all the things you can't make payroll. You need, we need to hear those stories so yep. that it encourages us that, Hey, we are not alone. You can make it through, you can keep going and come out on the other side successful. So yeah. I love that you're doing that. The conversations that people were having, what was like the, do you see any themes as far as like the top, this is like the most burning pressing question or the biggest challenges that people are going through right now? The, the common theme for most people is they were just delighted to hear that there was other people going through the same stuff that they were going through, right? Oftentimes, myself included, we think, man, if anybody knew the crap I was going through, they wouldn't believe it. Because one day you're like, God, I'm crushing it. This is amazing. The next day you're going, why the hell did I start a business? You know, the, the, the common theme that most people struggle with, and you hear it at the summit, and I hear it even outside of the summit, is the business development game. Growing sales is, is one of the most difficult things. Finance is the second one, right? Getting the numbers right in the back end because if you don't manage your cash flow, it'll kick you in the teeth really quick. But most people, let's be honest, if you worked in corporate America like I did for 20 years, even though I was a sales guy, running your own business and doing sales for your own business, man, that's a whole different level of game. Yeah. And it, it, I almost felt like I had to completely relearn sales to figure out how to sell for my own company. I don't know why selling for somebody else is a lot easier. When you sell your own stuff, man, it gets it's so different. <laughs> oh, it's crazy to me. And so a lot of my energy is put in doing crazy things to get people okay doing the stuff. Like I'll do host cold calling workshops and do live dials so they can hear both sides of the Oh, I love those. That's awesome. Right. And, but you got to get people comfortable in doing the things that they don't want to do because there's people all the time. They're like, I'm like, how do you grow your business? And they're like, word of mouth and networking. I'm like, how's that working out for you? You're like, well, it could be better. I'm like, yeah, because you're not doing anything business development. You're putting the fate of your business in somebody else's hands. So networking is got to be a small portion of your business, not the entirety of it. You still got to be doing the marketing. You still got to be doing the outreach. You still got to be building a personal brand, which is the best sales move on the planet right now. You've still got to be putting yourself out there on a regular basis, getting in conversations with people that you've never talked to before and tell about your business. And the best strategy right now for most people that are not utilizing is you got to be getting in rooms with people that intimidate the crap out of you. Yeah. Because that is the biggest game changer that you can actually do. And when you get in those rooms, shut the hell up. I only tell people that game recognizes game and you're going to see the most successful people in the world are the quietest people in the world. Oh, they, I know they are. It's so true. They just sit back and yep. watch and listen. 
<laughs> yep. Game recognizes game, and the loudest people in the room are always trying to prove something. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Oh my gosh, I love it. Donnie, you're so fun to talk to. Thank you so much for taking some time and and sharing all these incredible tips, especially on LinkedIn. I feel like I'm going to totally transform my LinkedIn approach <laughs> and start this new strategy. This is how I end every interview. Guys, if you got any tips, tricks, or any value out of this show, do Kate a favor. Take a screenshot of us talking or wherever you're listening to this Post it on social media, tag me and tag Kate. I promise if I see it, I will come comment. I bet Kate will come comment too. But by you taking that screenshot brings her a ton of value, allows her to know that this is the kind of content that you're interested in getting into. But if you ever want to get to successful people who are doing amazing things, go invest on their content, bring their value. And by you simply taking a screenshot type idea of this for Kate, She's going to remember you. You're going to be top of mind for her because you took time out of your day to invest in her. And it's a great way to get some cool conversations started. Oh, my gosh, Donnie, such the networker, so much value. You're incredible. Thank you so much. And where can people find out more about your summits and all the things that you are doing and how to potentially go to one of the chapters of your networking event? Yeah, absolutely. If you will text the word success to 817 817- 318-6030. It's going to ask for your email. You're going to get a little welcome message from me, and then it'll start taking you through the upcoming summits, how to visit a chapter, how to look at some of our other trainings and workshops. It's just, And it's going to take you through all my social profiles. So it's a really easy way to, to get in it. So text the word success to 817-318-6030, and it'll automatically start sending you all the stuff. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, lead with culture. 